Like a Bill, Bill can have a section tonight, like the cold tub, where it's all like his cold takes. Oh, oh damn! Well, that's usually that's, kind of our weekly episode. I thought shots, shots fired over here on Four Fit Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a minute, but we're back. Big John Stud with us. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. What's up, J Lo? What's up? Wild Bill, still hey. wild. Looking fresh with that beard. You get it? You get that trimmed up or what? Looking nice and nice and uniform and full. Love that. Jesse, time of year. You got You got to uniform that out, man. It's, it's pretty nice full. It's it's it's, but it's le- it's 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 like kind of like growing, growing legs there. Because I didn't put a, I didn't run a comb through it today. Ah, uh, you got comb it. Yeah, I mean, I got the, I got my beard, I got my beard iron, and I got all that shit. I just, are you a beard? Are you a beard oil guy? So I, yeah. I, I got into the beard oil for a little bit. The wax, the um, the pomade, the beard, the beard pomade. Well, no, I like the beard oil so my skin doesn't get scratch, uh, get itchy. Yeah, nah, this stuff didn't itch my skin. It smelled amazing. Well, that the, the that's what the oils for. The oils. I just, is I just ended up bitching out on my skin. I ended up bitching out on my beard. I just trimmed uh, it. But yeah, like when I, it's shaped pretty well. When I run a the the hot a hot the uh, beard iron through it, it's it's pretty straight and and tight and everything. But I want to see you. You should come on the podcast. I want to see this beard <laughs> iron. I want to. You got to demonstrate. Like maybe during cigar corner, like you could be reviewing a cigar while like it, it, no, what you gotta do beard. is fill your bathtub first and then do it while you're in the bathtub. I mean I, it, it looks it looks like a, a little mini like um like, hair a little, like a yeah, like a straightener. But it's just it's just a comb on one side and the the it's all metal and it gets yeah. hot and you so as you you put the beard oil in, you rub the beard oil in, yeah, and then you um, run that through it, and it gets like two hundred some degrees. So you sounds like a the, steamer for your beard. You know how so you steam clothes? You got the steamer. Yeah. So you hear like the oil sizzling on the uh, the heating oh. element. Yeah, we need to see that. We need to demo. We need full audio. <laughs> I don't think the, the I don't think the mic would pick that up. No, no. Does it smell good when it's done? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it's, burn anything. It just smells like burning hair. It's like burning <laughs> hair, it smells great. <laughs> it doesn't burn anything. Like yeah, just heats it up. I would I mean I would assume if you kept it in there for does it, does it soften it? Does it make it feel real soft? Um, if I use the beard wash and then the the beard oil, yeah. yeah. It feels pretty soft, yeah. Nice. Nice. I did I did neither of those things today, so it's all good, man. It's all good. I think we're I think we're at the point in this quarantine shit or the pandemic where we're just we're giving less fucks, you know, every day. Yeah, I mean like I I I went for a ride today at lunch. It was too nice not to. Yeah, it was a great day for that. And uh I got home. I got home and I'm like, uh, eh, don't have time to get a shower. So I just went back, changed and went back yeah. to work and yeah. end of end of the day, I'm like yeah, I should probably uh, do something about that. Probably do something about that. So I jumped in the shower right before dinner. 
Nice. So the last episode, correct me if I'm wrong, was when we got rid of Carson or Carson got rid of us, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, Amen. You know, I mean, there's been some eventful stuff that happened. We were just talking about the all-star break and how like, and I think last year we kind of had the same, you know, kind of the same feeling. It was like, like Bill said, like, you know, there have been, it's just, it's kind of something's lost its juice. Now I think the pandemic doesn't help with like not having fans there, not having celebrities on the sidelines, like kind of hyping stuff up and just kind of making it, you know, kind of, ju- you know, happening and juiced up. But I don't know, man, I just feel like, you know, I, I fell asleep through that all-star game halfway, more than halfway through. Uh, well, actually right at halftime, I missed the dunk contest. I had to watch it on my DVR, which, you know, that was, it was interesting, like their whole idea of having it at halftime. And I think part of me thought like, man, maybe this is a new way that they can just abridge the dunk contest because I think a lot of us have felt the same way about it over the years of like the lack of creativity, a lot of repeat dunks and just lack of like, just like fresh ideas and enthusiasm to keep people's attention through like uh, a, you know, a decent length of time, like a normal, a normal dunk contest. So by shortening it, it kind of, I think it was, I think it might've been just the right length for like before moving forward. I don't know. Like, like I honestly look forward more towards like the three point competition now than anything, because I feel like that's just, you know, you're seeing like some of the best of the best in the league just, you know, put on a show, a, a, a show from the three point line. Now, John, you, you had some harsh thoughts about that Mountain Dew ball. I kind of like, that's I kind of like the idea because the, I mean, that's kind of like a, some of these guys normal range now. I mean, a lot of these guys are doing the, the, you know, they have the logo logo, the logo range they're calling it or something like that logo. Uh, I, there's so many rules that they changed on things like that, which I like totally like, I don't understand how the purest of, of basketball, like the three point competition, like it's, it's six racks and a money ball at the end. Right. It's always been that way. Right. Do you like the all money ball rack? No, that's, that's my point. I like, I, I feel like that's stupid. Like well, it I should think it be adds like an additional like strategy to things, you know? Uh, I mean, I guess I mean, all in every rack. You get one money ball a rack, one money ball a station. It's the last. So, Bill, you, you, you're you're more yeah. of the you're you're more of the purest way too, right? Like just yeah. one money ball. And the, and like the three point, like the 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 Mountain Dew thing, like I get it, like they're the sponsor, I get the marketing ploy, blah blah blah. But like again, that's that's six points if you hit them both. You know what I think it should be, John? I think for the Mountain Dew ball it should be an optional ball, right? If you make it, say you get, oh, how many points is it right now? Six. I think it's I think it's the money the mountain dew ball. Is no, the, three, the mountain balls dew balls three, right? Yeah. So I think what about this? If you, it's an optional ball. So if you if you t- if you choose to shoot it, you either, you you either make if you make it, say if you make it, you get like five points. But if you miss it, you lose like three. Yeah. At that point, let's bring out Dan Cortez and bring Rock and Jock back. Rock and Jock, Rock and Jock, B ball shot. 
like I, I don't know. Like, the, like Daisy Fuentes. It, it, it's all based on being behind the three point line and hitting the three the three pointer. Like, I, I understand it, but I, I, I'm, again, I'm a purist. Like, I, even even the stuff with like the dunk contest. Like, I love the dunk contest, but when like they start rolling cars out and like you know putting cupcakes and blowing candles out, like I, that to me gets a little a little weird, but again, I understand the creativity involved with it. So, and it is like a, um, it, it is good for the fans. Yeah. So that I'm, I'm a little bit more okay with, but, but as far as a three point thing, like I, I wasn't digging the, the, the Mountain Dew ball. So you liked, you thought the dude, the, 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 the Pacers guy got, got the shaft in the, in the dunk contest a little bit. I mean, I think his first dunk, I agreed with a bunch of the guys on the panel. Um, on TV and they were like, he definitely got hosed. I think he got hosed for that dunk, but, but he, did, he did nothing for himself the second round. Agreed. You know? But I think part of the problem with this is after last year and after, uh, uh, what D Wade, like gave a guy like a 10 for, yeah. for a crappy dunk. Like they need to figure out a different way. They were busting his balls about that too. The whole time. Oh, yeah. They were riding him. Absolutely. But, but again, like I, you know, I, I, the thing I liked about Sunday was I did like how it was all door like the entire day, like early. Yeah. But I, but the thing that I agree with you, Matt, is like it's nice for the dunk contest when all the other guys would come and support yeah. the young kids. But in the last like five, six, seven, eight, nine years, like our our big name guys in the league, the LeBrons, the Durants, et cetera, et cetera, they don't even show up for the the dunk contest. I think it's kind of probably twofold like they have other events during all-star weekend like if they're sponsored they got to do a party that night or whatever yeah but like it was awesome when the the nba family all got together and you remember back I in the day you, guys John. with camcorders and like I agree. I agree i think it should be in their contract i think that i think the commissioner should make it part of their due diligence as ambassadors of the league to show up to things like that yeah you know it's yeah. good luck with that one yeah, well, you know what? That, I mean, these guys make so much goddamn money, Jesse. They should. I mean, it's how many hours out of their day, you know? Or 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 do it like you know they usually have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Friday night's usually the celebrity all star game where, where they have you know bullshit yeah. players play. Like yeah. that's kind of a wash. But Saturday's usually skills. Yep. Three point skill skills three point dunk, and then Sunday's the game. I do think that's super like long winded for a weekend. Like you probably get a Friday and you could do, but I just didn't like the dunk contest in the middle of the game because again, to my point, like I think those other guys, the superstars should be there to like egg on and cheer for the, the well, a lot guy. of them were this year because it was halftime. I think that all-star teams, but you know, they, they came out of the locker room at some point and started checking it out. But, but that's just because they're already there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, to your point, I agree. Like, like it, I don't know. It's, it, it loses its luster when you don't have that buzz and hype about it and you don't have the cameras panning to a LeBron or, you know, um, a, a Greek freak or someone, you know, of that stature that's just like rooting these guys on or or in it or they're in all like remember how crazy it, it, it made it seem like when like 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 the kevin garnett's and the shacks and the d wades um 
you know, they, they, they all just fell out of their seat, you know, like just like mm-hmm. in all, like with, like you said, with the cam shack with the camcorder and stuff. I don't know. Maybe those days are just, just over, you know? And, and the other thing I don't understand too, is like back in the day you had guys, Dominique, Jordan, Julius Irving, you know, and I don't understand what the, what the reasoning is why like a guy like LeBron, who is, I would think, in my opinion, is a pretty good even in-game dunker. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he want to do it just Pride. to give his fans a show? Pride. Yeah, I think you're right, Jesse. Yeah, but I mean, like, be I mean, be confident. Like, why LeBron's not go out? Like, what, what's wrong with Steph? Done. Like, Steph Curry goes out there and does the three-point contest. LeBron's like, never done one in his career. I'm and I'm kind of being half kidding, but how can you be the goat when you're afraid to do the dunk contest? They used yeah. to beg him, beg him when he was younger, and he was like, "No, nah, no, nah, and about that." It's like, no, you were afraid you weren't going to win, dude. And you, and now, you know, now you're so old, nobody would break your balls about it. But it's he like, looked, he looked old out there too. He dodged, he dodged the dunk contest his whole career. I mean, he I, never I thought like Zion would have been good to be in there this year or last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just you know, and and even if guys did like non-original dunks, they tried too hard to do like original. It's like. Bring back some old ones. Try to do them better than Dominique. And you know what I liked about Dominique and some of them older guys was the power that they put behind their dunks. You don't see that anymore. Everyone's well, trying. To- Larry Nance Senior. They'd bring the heat. Yeah. Like, but like have like Larry Nance Junior. Do what his dad did dunk wise. Like have a night like you know shit like that. Where like I did be- like I did like how the one kid the guy, the kid who won paid homage to Tracy McGrady and he recreated the T-Mac dunk from 2000. That's what I mean. Like pay homage, you know, like, yeah. you know, sit in. I know someone I tried doing the Jordan years ago, but they took a full step in from the foul line. Yeah. I forget who it was. It was years ago, but no, uh, didn't, didn't like Brent Perry do it. Yeah. That's who it was. You're right, John. But he kind of took yeah. like, he, he kind of did it, but it was just, he looks so goddamn clunky and he's like six eleven, So it's like, yeah. all right. You know, he just kind of like leaned over, but I mean, well, yeah, his, his, who's, who's his dad? His dad is John Barry, right? Uh, John, is that might even be Brett Barry. You know what I mean? It might be John Barry. You might be right. Cause didn't he, didn't he win the dunk contest doing that dunk? I think Brett Barry did. It was like a whole thing. Like, Oh, back in like the early nineties or late eighties. It was like one of the years where Dominique was hurt and Jordan just now, didn't John do Barry- it in like the 60s he, he's the guy that shot underhand the free throws the dad he's yeah. the guy that but yeah, no, there was one kid that wanted oh man what was his name that's terrible i forget. i i can't remember i just in the off season i would i would you know nba tv would play every single dunk contest that whole marathon and i would be the one probably the one schlub just watching them all maybe it was brad barry yeah, he did win it one year. Like he, he won it, and he and he and he and he never took his warm up. I remember he never took his warm up yeah. pants off. But you're right. I mean, it was like, and again, we didn't, I I didn't watch it live. Really, I watched it more like in NBA highlight reels. But it was like really cool. Go and again, obviously with COVID, no packed arenas. But you see all like you said, all the stars in the league. It was Brent Barry. It was Brent yeah. Barry. His dad's Rick Barry. Yeah, yes, Rick. Right. I knew it wasn't John. But he yeah. has another brother too. I think that might be John Barry or something. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse was in that. Uh, that was '96. Okay. It was uh, Brent Barry, Michael Finley, Greg Miner, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, Finley, Doug Christie, and Daryl Armstrong. Harold, Miner. Like even Harold Miner, baby. Remember baby oh, Jordan, yeah. baby, baby Jordan. Jordan. 
Even Kobe, Bill, to your point, like even Kobe did it and won. He didn't. No, like, because he talked about it. He's like, Michael, you know, like, and that, again, is it fair to pick on LeBron? But, but it's like those are the kind of things that make it easier to throw pokes at because it's like he was so conscious of his image. Or I, I guess it's not fair to say why he didn't do it. But the fact is he just didn't do it. And it's like, all right, well, you know, guys really do this usually. Zion Williams is pretty serious in-game dunker. He's got like uh, some serious force, you know, like yeah, hammer. He's a no, hammer. Zion. Zion's hopefully he keeps the keeps the weight down because hopefully you know that won't be an issue with his knees. <laughs> yeah, he he's only in his early twenties now, so and he's having a tough time being slim. Yeah, so. He's twenty, I think. Yeah, he's only twenty twenty one, and at that age, you should be able to take a shit and lose ten pounds. <laughs> you know, and it's just like he's grinding. He's twenty. The, he's 20. He was born in two thousand. God, I'm getting old. Like seriously, I mean, these guys, and uh, but yeah, I, I, I just don't think the uh, the All Star Game kind of. I, I feel like all, all of them, even like the home run derby, you know, not the same yeah. stuff, like. No, I no. Well, the Pro Bowl never did anything. That always sucked. But uh, yeah, my opinion. But uh, yeah, this year, you know, I I think it would have been better to cancel it with COVID. I guess probably because the sponsors they were obligated to do it. I'm sure for TV shit. But this would have been a good thing to give the guys a break. And with COVID, it gave you a perfect out. But yep. of course, all that might that almighty dollar. Yeah. So. Speaking of all-star break, some of us were thinking that, you know, Daryl Morey would have been making a move over the, over the weekend. Doesn't look like uh, there's been much movement. Give him time. I mean, I mean a, lot, a lot of people are saying to keep the roster intact and just, and just roll with what we got, what we have. I, I still feel like we need a piece. No, I think we definitely need – the bench definitely needs a one to two. We need another power forward and we need another score. Like even if we get like a J.J. Redick or like a P.J. Tucker. Yeah, like, I, I'm no basketball savant, but like when I watch – like when I look at, you know, the box scores of, uh, on Sixers games on, on like these games that they're losing and it's just like – and Beatle put up 30, 40-some points and and dominate and, and Simmons will have a good game – and then you're like, how did they lose this game? And then you look at the other team's bench and you're like, oh, yeah, our bench was outscored by their bench like five to one. Yeah. And you're like, like nobody's going to be able to play a full game. Like you need to be able to rotate guys in and out. And, and like at, yeah. at this point, the, the weakness for the Sixers is their bench. Like their bench is dog shit. It's almost it's not it's not this dire straits, but it's 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 almost an the analogy can be like why the Phillies lost all those a lot of games it's like you know their starters their big name guys did their job but then we had no bullpen to to you know to to close it you know what i mean there was no support so it's uh no you're right jesse i mean you you can you can tell a lot from a basketball box score especially you know when you're very familiar with the team and how it's built so yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't take a savant to understand that shit, dude. That's for that's for sure. But um, no, I mean you're right, Bill. I think it's we need a solid, consistent, reliable shooter, scorer, um, preferably with you know a, a, some veteran presence that could help us, you know, and playoff experience. 
Um, I know they're not growing on trees out there, but, um, you know, like bringing back a JJ Reddick, I mean, that you, you never know. I mean, that could, that could spark something off the bench, you know? Um, he could light a fire. He, he could be the one to light a fire under the guys that are like, you know, that are just not consistent, not being able to find, find their path, find their way, or just, maybe they're just not putting in the work. And maybe we need a guy like that to come in and, and just, and kick him in the ass a little bit. No, I mean, you're right. I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, cause is Furkan Korkmaz, is he putting in extra work? Is he, in the gym, like every day, working on his shot. Who knows? I don't know. If I were him, I would be. I, you know, I, and 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 I think that's with our team is we're just not consistent. Like, and that's all obviously a sign of not having a good bench is consistency to where it's you know Corky can put up twenty in a game and same with Shake, but you know we 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 need guys that you know do that more nights than not, and our bench just seems to be a coin flip. Like, what are we going to get tonight? which is the sign of you need improvement. And the reality is it's going to cost us either Seibel or Maxi. So, you know, that's what I guess we got to prepare for that. You know, we're going to have to give up a really good young, a, a young, really good player to get a good veteran player to help this team. Cause I mean, we got it where we're in win now mode. So it, it would be nice to see a little bit more of Maxi. I, I think he, I think doc likes playing him. But he doesn't shoot the ball well, and I think it's just watching him play, and this could be way off. I think at times the game's just a little fast for him still, and I think Doc's like sees that because I kind of see it too sometimes. And like I know he had the thirty-nine point game, but that's when Joel and Ben were out, and he and Toby like he just had to chuck it up, and still that's a very good feat for an NBA player. Sometimes you kind of just watch him, and he just plays a little helter skelter out there because he's just trying to like hustle and again i think this gets a good player i just think that um but you're right though i don't, I, I don't know who else we're going to put in there because obviously ben and danny green's kind of killing me lately like he's when he's missing he, when he's, he's missing about, he he's like gone he's like non-existent but when he but when he's on it's like you're, you're like he's never gonna miss. An, he's never gonna miss another shot. You know, he'll hit like five or six threes in like a half, and it's like this is why we got you. But when he's one for yeah. eight, still chucking him up, it's like my man. I, you know, <laughs> it's like I love it. Oh, next one's always going in when you're a shooter. But it's like shit, bro. Yeah, put the gun. Put the guns back in the holster, pal. <laughs> you know that's what it is. It's like save you know, the ammo. Got you well and bead. You know, let's. Yep. Uh, you know, it's funny, but, you know, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think we're a good team. I think it's, I think if Joel takes his game to that next level um, in the playoffs and Ben plays aggressive and Toby, like, I, I, I think we could beat anybody in the East. Like, the Nets are beatable in my eyes. Um, it's just, you know, it's a lot easier said than done. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, I he, think. The biggest thing with them is they're going to need more than just Joel. Just like, you know, no, yeah. like LeBron bad. needs LeBron needs AD and guys around him. We're going to need – you're going to need Ben Simmons to play really well, and then you're going to have to have two or three other guys in, in each series to sort of step up, and that's going to be the key. No, you're right. Because you're not going to be able to just have – 
Joel Embiid, you know, get 40 points a game. It's just, yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen, but I think know, the comeback so. win over the jazz going into all-star break was a, was a statement though. I, I feel like that was, you know, the, the Sixers teams of old w- would not have, would not have weathered that storm and, and, and made adjustments and, and come back. I mean, I feel like that's a statement, you know, to, you know, about this team and, and what this coaching staff has, has the, the work that they've done to this roster and the, and I think it's a testament to Doc Rivers and his coaching staff on how they've how they've coached this team and how they've got this team just kind of in a in a state of you know we're never out of a game you know or or you know you play the you play all four quarters um, mm-hmm. and if you play all four quarters whether you're winning or losing you know the good things will happen and I think that game. I mean, I was impressed the way that they, because the Utah Jazz are for real. I, I don't think they're. Yeah, that's going to be my thing. I, I, I see. I disagree. I think, I think they got the best record in the West. That's great, but I don't think they're they are the best team in the West. And I, yeah, know, I, I think, think they're that, really good. And I and I agree, John. I think whoever beats them is going to take seven games, whether it's the Lakers or Clippers or Nuggets again. I think they're a team that's just like. Fuck. Like, I think they're like the Sixers in the East almost. Like, nobody wants to see us in a seven-game series because you got to deal with Joel for seven games possibly. And nobody in the East can even come close to guarding Joel. Like, Simon close. So, uh, so with that said, it's like he has the chance to be the best player on the court every night, and that's how you win games in the playoffs. So, it's like, uh, you know, I, I agree, though, John, that I don't think the Jazz are the clear-cut favorites. Well, yeah, I, don't I, think the, I don't think they're clear cut favor, but I think that they're. I th- I don't think people should sleep on. I think they're for real. I think they could, they could, they could make some noise. I mean, I think if they put it together, I mean, I could see them. I could see them making the finals, but I could also see them not making the finals. What I'm saying is like this isn't a fluke where the it's just going to fall apart. It's not like the Steelers were you know 11 and 0 and then all of a sudden it, it just went to complete shit. I just don't. Th- I just I don't see that happening. I I think that. I think they're for real. I think that they're going to be a problem for teams, you know? I mean, I think for the Lakers coming off the all-star break, hopefully getting a D back, like they'll, they, I, they still have time to mesh. Yeah. Like, like Schroeder and uh, what is it? Montrez Harrell. Like, yeah, he's playing solid. I'm like, I don't, yeah. Like, I'm not sure. Like we'll see. Cause like last year, it, it took them a little bit, you know, after yeah. they got back into the bubble and everything they were playing. Yeah. And I think with the Sixers, it's sort of the same thing. Like, if they're going to make a move, it, I, if it's a big move to Lowry or Zach Levine, they got to get on the horse quick because we can't we can't do like the Toby thing and the Jim, Jimmy Butler thing where it's like, oh man, we got these guys and there's a new guy and we got to figure out how to work, how to make it work. Like, I feel like. If they're going, if Daryl's going to make a move, to Jesse's point, go go fix the bench, and and keep the the nucleus starting five there, and just hope yeah. that that they can get that churning and burning. I think, but I think Bill, I think you you mentioned it earlier was like in order to do that, we're going to have to give up some some young some young pieces that are on our bench already, um, like a Maxi, a Thibel. 
I think one of those guys, if not both of them, depending on who we're who we're targeting, might have to go. Um, yeah, like I, I, I don't know, like JJ, like JJ Redick is like the guy I want. I don't like. Do, I don't do think we, he's a savior. I just think he's a piece that you could trust him to get a bucket if you're not scoring in the playoffs over like a Maxi or even over like a Cork Maz to where. But again, he's not playing super great this year, and you know it's one of the reasons the Pelicans are not as to their potential. So it's like, you know, I don't think he's. The missing piece, I just think he would be probably an upgrade for us, you know. But that's the you know, that's the trick though. It's like you're twenty four and twelve with this current team, do you really want to blow that up? Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. Much like our Eagles. We've 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 let we've let we've let some guys go. There's been some moving and shaking since uh, since our last episode. Anyone want to care to elaborate on thoughts, concerns? No, I mean the the that was the goat. The the punter, <laughs> you know, they, something's they never changed. Couple, they couple couple. <laughs> they cut a couple guys. Like yeah. they let the punter go. Like. Ah, he, had a, he had a rough year, but he's been one of our better punters over the last decade. So you either hope that you can bring him back on a cheaper contract or you can get somebody. I'm going to go outside and start kicking footballs a little bit better. But like, again, outside of last year, he was pretty, he was pretty damn reliable for us. So we had to punt a lot. He was yeah. out there a lot. I mean, it's the, nothing that they're doing right now. They're, they're just trying to get under the cap. So they that so that they might be able to to get a free agent or two. So it'll it'll be interesting. I think a lot of this stuff is just like bluster. Like there's there's no way they're trying to trade in Brooks. The what's going on now with Ertz, like all these other tight ends hitting the market. Ertz is still the best of all of them, but he's the only one that a team's gonna have to give up an asset for. But again, he's the best of all of them. So hopefully you can get a third, third or fourth for him. Um. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Like, and then the, the I saw an article about the Eagles should consider trading back this year to get us another second or another first round pick next year, so they could then have possibly three first round picks. And it's just like, okay, that's cool in theory, but like, what happens? You know, you're gonna have you would then have three first round draft picks on. High high value, you know, five year contracts that the, with those cap numbers that start to rapidly escalate, and there's three of them lined up back to back to back in the same year. Like, so there's no chance that the Eagles do something like that. And then on top of it, you've got where they're at. They're going to be able again. They're going to be able to get the best linebacker, the best running back, the best cornerback, the best safety, the best, probably the best, one of the best wide receivers, the best tight, like the best players are going to be on the board. Like the best quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, the, so it, so it's, it's crazy to think like, Oh yeah, let's trade back a couple picks because what happens if you do that? And let's yeah. say you're targeting, Oh, we'll, we'll move back to 10 to take Waddle. And that's what I'm saying. The latest draft mock I saw, we were trading back to 12 with San Fran to get Waddle at 12. Waddle's not going to be there at 12. Like, 
Because once once the top three go and Pitts goes, Waddle's the next the next guy on the board. Like and what he's going to start putting out on film between now and the draft, it's gonna it's gonna start raising eyebrows. Like he was the best of the Alabama wide receivers last year. And he was having a better year this year before he broke his ankle in a just a, a fluke a fluke tackle. The way he got tackled, it was a fluke accident. Like he's he's a freak of he's a freak athlete and he'd be it it wouldn't be um Smith and Chase. It would be if Waddle stayed healthy this year, it would have been Waddle and, and Chase as the you know one A, one B. So like th- this notion that we're gonna be able to trade real far back and get cute and get another pick. Waddle's going to go if, if we don't, if we're going to have our choice of, of a good wide receiver or a great tight end there, but I don't see Waddle making it to 10. I really don't. He's, he's too dynamic of a player to, to make it to, to 10, 11, 12. Like he's just too good. There'll be some quarterbacks there too. Don't, don't sleep on the quarterback. We'll see. Yeah, but after everything that just came out with Laurie saying like we're building around Hurts for a year, like they're not taking a quarterback. Well, you you guys always like to say that 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 stuff comes out to to I don't uh, know why gr- that grease grease the wheels of of people, but you know that could that could certainly make uh, another team pick up the phone and call the Eagles at six and be like, well, listen, if you really like Jalen Hurts, there's possibly going to be a guy here at six that I'm going to be interested in. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you guys, you know, what do you guys want for it? And that could be the, just enough to let them know that, Hey, we, we don't want a quarterback. And if there's someone there at six and you're interested, give us a call. But I mean, Um, like I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the draft board now, like the lines are seven. They could absolutely use a, a wide receiver because they're, they're letting on. Yeah. They're letting Galladay go. So they're going to need a wide receiver. The Panthers could use a wide receiver. The Broncos probably won't take one because they took Judy last year. And or they Cam- took and Camler. Yeah, and, but and the the Cowboys might not take one. But and the Giants probably won't. So like, yeah, maybe. But the problem is like, there's a really good chance the Lions or the Panthers take a wide receiver. So like, if. But and and you don't know, like yeah, you could say in hindsight, yeah, like if if we trade back, let's trade back, and and there might be one there at twelve. But I'd be awful nervous watching the board, hoping that Waddle gets past both of those teams at 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 seven and eight, because at that point, Sertan's going to be gone, the kid from Virginia Tech is going to be gone, Pitts is going to be gone, if Waddle's gone. It's going to be like that year that we drafted that stiff from um, Louisville. Yeah, like there's a chance Sertan could be there at 12. I've been seeing him go between 12 and 14 in some mocks. Would that have but, five quarterbacks going? Yeah, but like my, my point though is you're 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 picking top six. Don't get fucking cute to get no, another I, pick. I agree. Take they're not, they're, I, I bet they're not going to go anywhere unless they get an offer that they could not refuse. Otherwise, I, gonna be a I mean, you don't you don't lose a game to get move three picks and and then get to the point where you had you you lost the game to get there and then you're just going to give it away for peanuts. Like, you no, know, yeah, like if if they're giving up that draft spot, they're they're getting like another first round pick. 
Right. Yeah. And, and that's probably not going to happen because it's already, I mean, you're already at six. It'd be different if you were like maybe at three, you could, you could probably, you know, really, really uh, screw somebody. Well, yeah. And if, you know, if you're at three, if you go from like three to six or three to seven, there's still a lot of really good players on the board. If you go from six to 12, you know, you start getting to that danger zone where we've never drafted an impact player past like 13 or 14, mm-hmm. like never under, under Howie Roseman. Like I think um, the, the only first rounders that he's drafted that have been absolute home, like uh, was Cox and um, Wentz was, was Zach a first or was he second? Cause Goddard was a second. Zach, Zach was a second. second. So like you start looking at the Eagles first round picks under, under Howie. And when they're those, that those mid, those, that mid round first round, he strikes out on them. Like the, the other thing that, you know, will, will be huge. Is this the Sean Watson situation? I mean, that, that could really, you know, that could yeah. really put a wrench in, uh, you know, even the Eagles draft. I mean, if, if the jets just for example, were to, move up and not move up, but stay where they are and give that to the Texans, you know, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to draft a quarterback, right? Yeah. Jets get, Jets get, Jets get Watson and something. And and then, you know, Texans take a quarterback or, you know, I mean, the best thing that could happen is that because then the Texans take a quarterback, the Dolphins already traded for, a, a lineman. So they're probably going to go either tight end or wide receiver. The Falcons are going to go quarterback. The Bengals are going to go lineman to protect burrow. Their first round pick that got his leg destroyed. So that means we basically have our pick of, you know, Waddle slim reaper or chase or, or pits. I don't think there's any way chase is there. In my opinion at six, I just don't think, I no. think he's hundred percent going to be gone. I can right. see, I could see Cincinnati taking him. So can I. Because he's teaming him back Burrow. up. Like, yeah, but who does I, – I, You know, they can Burrow trade for a lineman. They can do a lot because, I mean, these linemen now I'm hearing aren't like potentially generational linemen at tackle. Like they're good, but – and that's why the draft's so crazy. Like shit just changes. Like, you know. It's, yeah, because you know, like two, two weeks ago they were saying like that Sewell kid is like a – I know. Like he's generational. I know. And now I saw, I saw in one draft going like eight or nine to like the Panthers. It was like, like, it's just, it just, these guys try to get clickbait. I'm sure. No soft pac 12 linemen. No, nah, I, I, I don't want to lineman. our line between bringing Kelsey back. Clearly we're, I think we're going to count on lane being here. My Like I know Brooks is a question mark, but our line is somewhat set and you got and Dillard. You got, like, and you got like, yeah. Like if, we don't need a lineman in the first round. I'm sorry. Like, like, and even like if there was a D lineman, whatever, but there's no D lineman that's like top 10 worthy this year. Nah. So it's like, there's really only positions of receiver or cornerback that's really worthy or and quarterback. End. And yeah. I mean, I guess and, I wouldn't be shocked if we hear Fields' name, if he's there, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, dude. I'm just, it, it, it could go a lot of ways. I mean, the you you watch the film on Pitts, and like it it would be cool. Like he's a Philly guy, he grew up in town. Like 
and he is like a freak of nature, but like some, some, you know, you watch his film and you're like, wow, that's impressive. And then you listen to some of the reports and they're like, yeah, but he's not a Gronk. He's not a, um, a Kelsey. He's not a Kittle. And you're like, okay. So if, if they're saying he's not this, he's not that he's not this. It sure shit looks like Smith and chase are like wide receivers that are absolutely better than everything we've got. So let's let's go you know more three wide receiver sets and just one tight end like you don't need two great tight ends you you don't and i get it like pitts is a a matchup nightmare you can put him you can put him out wide he can be he can play the the y and he can do all of that stuff but but is goddard now reliable though he's been hurt in the league three years he's been hurt every year Next well, series. Wait, Bill, 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 that's your guy. That's your Bill. That's your guy. Listen, John, best ability is availability. <laughs> that's it's right. Hard me, it's hard for me to defend a guy when he's constantly getting dinged up. And, you know, and I, I mean, I think he is. I think Goddard is a starting tight end. He's to me, he's like, to me, he's like a Greg Olson kind of player, like oh. not a top five tight end, but just every game to get you 70 catches. It's like, wow. Like, but his availability, dude, like every year he's been in the league, he's been hurt. Like he misses like almost half the year every year. So it's like, fuck, like do we really want to pay that guy 10 million a year after next year. Uh, so it's who knows where Harry's heads at right now. You know, it's, I guess, uh, I guess with, with their new directors from Jeffrey to build around Jalen, I guess that might lighten up their load looking at quarterbacks. Apparently. I don't know. Who knows? I, I mean, there's, there's a few good, there's three guys that I'm, that I'm hot, that I would love like them to have. And Pitts would be, Pitts would be one of the ones that I would be very interested in. So no, I'd be happy with just from a, just from a standpoint of you, you kind of, you know, Wentz, Wentz had Ertz for a little bit. And I mean, again, I don't want to compare Ertz to Pitts right now because it's, it's way, way too early. But I think that when you have a, 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 a new quarterback, a fresh quarterback, try to get him some chemistry with some guys. And I'd love for him to get his guy, a guy that he can rely on. Um, I, I just think that would be, that would be, that would be a great, a great thing. I, I agree. And the other thing too, where, where we maybe don't go receiver, honestly. And I mean, Sirianni's brought in, you know, he's, he's a receiver supposed to be guru. That's his thing. Well, you got Rager. who's you know, you invested their first round pick in it's you know, and then you got Travis Fulgham who had a lot of flashes. I mean, he led the league in receiving yards after and for four games, four straight weeks. Like he showed flashes last year. Do you really try to develop him? You know, and then obviously, you know, JJ, you know, do you think he's the guy that's worth, you know, resurrecting or, 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 or is he enough, you know? So it's, and there's uh, always free I, agency, always free and agency. And that's what, you know, you know, maybe there's a guy that, you know, and I kind of feel like we're going to, you know, I don't say we're going to be bad for a long time, but it's like, we have like, we probably might not be good for a little bit. So I, I think it's not, Hey, gangbuster this year. It's like, like scout your guide like like that's the thing that's just so crazy from last year it's like everybody had jefferson as the best player on the board and then you picked rager it's like why do you leave your draft board the night of the draft it's like if you have your board go buy your board like follow the board for your guy John, and he wasn't there okay guys. no big deal i mean jesse What's we're gonna that? have to we'll have to wait for our forfeit draft episode but what you can't tease three it. Three hour banger. There's I can, I can tease it. I, I can't give it all away for our followers to, you know, I want them to okay. drool a little bit, you know, be hungry. 
But I, I mean, I just gave one away. I don't want to give the other two. Well, I know, I know, I I know. Number two is probably okay. Mike Parsons. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely you not just, on that list. Definitely not. I would. Now, I would. I, I would think. I would think. I, I think you're okay with Sertan. I think you'd be okay with Sertan. Um, I, I think you like him. I, I'm not going to comment. I, I don't. Say, wanna, I don't give I anything. Would say Sertan and Fields, I think, are his other two. I'm, I'm curious to see if, 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 if it, you know, because like I, I agree. Like I'm not sold on Hertz by any means, and I understand like they're like, you know, you're not going to be this high in the draft again. But it's like, well, if Jalen's the guy then get him some weapons. And if he's not, we'll be going to be here next year anyway. So it's yeah, like, and you like know. that was, that was one of the things I sent in the group chat. It's like, if you get him a, a, an all out stud wide receiver and he stumbles this year, that means you get a quarterback and, next no. year. Yeah. And, and you, you can say to the next, the next guy coming in, Hey man, we've got Rager. You've got chase. We've yeah. got yeah. Dallas Goddard. We've got miles Sandler Sanders. This is turnkey offense with a pretty damn good offensive line. Let's do some work. And so it's, it's whereas if you draft a quarterback and then you make those two fight it out and hopefully one of them can outplay the other one and, and justify the pick, but it's like, Oh, that's what I wanted to say. I saw an article. I meant to forward it. Uh, I think it was Rube. He said, um, John Hightower had the almost exact identical rookie season that Aguilar had, and that apparently there's a lot of people in the Eagles front office that are Hightower fans and think he could take a huge step with Sirianni this year. That they really, really like him a lot. Hightower. Good. I hope it happens. And that that's why, like, I think with I feel like receivers. We have so many young guys in that building, receiver wise. Like, I get it. We can't pay. Like, it's hard to pass on a chase, but it's like, man. Like if, if try to there, we got. If Chase is there, you take him. Like no, he, I agree, but I feel like if it's Waddle or even Smith there, it's like uh, I don't know. I guess it's it's hard, man. I know that. I, I guess that's why they get paid millions of dollars <laughs> to make these decisions. I mean, Smith runs crisp routes, dude. I I can't think of the last Eagles wide receiver that we had where you could just be like. Dude is just breaking ankles on the field with his routes. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's could the could the one concern with Smith be his frame? Yeah, but like there was a there was a, a photo that somebody posted of um, Smith, Jefferson, and Chase together um, training, and Chase is the the guy that like he's like the freak of nature because like you look at his build and it's like, he's built like a mini linebacker and he's fast. And then Smith and Jefferson almost had the same body type. Like yeah. both, both skinny legs, both skinny frame, like Jefferson's or, or Jeff, uh, Smith's never missed a game. He played in the toughest conference in college football and he's never missed a game. I like that stat, Jesse. It's a good stat. Played every snap. Played every snap, and and it wasn't like he caught the he caught the game winning touchdown as a as a redshirt freshman in the national championship game. And what's been our problem for the how many years? Guys can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. So like, yeah, he's small, but guys couldn't hit him, and guys aren't going to be able to hit him at this level. So yeah, and and it's just guys like that, you know, some guys like that too, Jesse, or like a Russell Wilson. 
And even Deshaun, you know, like they just learn how to not get like smacked. Like yeah. they just have that ability to not take that big hit. They know how to get out of bounds or just outrun you or, or outrun whatever. Them. Yeah. Just, uh, just be faster, be the faster man. And again, he's like a route technician. Like, you, he's he's that guy you can scheme open, and you just hey, I need you to do this, and he's gonna be like, cool, got it. And he rarely had drops. He caught everything that was thrown at him. Like the joke was, he had a joke with um, uh, Mac with Mac. It was like, as long as you don't throw that ball like three feet out of bounds, I'll get it every time. And it's like when he's got that sort of like confidence, like I'll get it. Doesn't matter. Don't worry, I got you. And he catches everything. So. I'd I'd be happy with either. I'd like I'd be happy with Pitts, but like I I just feel like two tight end sets are just so fucking plotting. Like I don't know. I I feel like it's in the in the new NFL. It's like you're going to see less and less two tight end sets, and you're going to see more just all the wide receivers on the on the field and just burning defenders. So we'll see. We always do. We always do. All these Philly franchises have just been so emotionally draining. Like, 2020 was supposed to be the year. I remember, like, it was in like, 20s. It was supposed to be, like, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be the Boston, you know, where every sports team is going to win a championship or be right there. And now we're trading our franchise quarterback and took the third biggest cap hit ever in French NFL history to, to trade them. Yeah. And we have a Sixers team that's built to win now, but we're clearly one or two pieces away we're, from. We're clearly not. <laughs> and then, then the Phillies though, I mean, we got some bullpen arms, but they're, they're like journeymen. So if they have career years, we got a shot. So we'll see. And, and, and then the, stupid, so and, and the union has sold $12 million worth of their best players and have uh, they, they 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 brought a kid in from Scotland, a, a promising center back. But it's like the 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 midfielder that they took out is kind of the key that to the whole thing now. And without the bite that he provides, defenders are just going to push up into the midfield, clog everything up, and our strikers aren't good enough to create their own shot. And this the team's going to fizzle out this year. And it's just like. Earlier in the season, when I was bitching at the owners because they're deadbeats, like, oh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna keep all that money. They'll spend it on the team. They'll spend it on the team, and it's just like, well, first game's less than thirty days away. Training camp started, and no players are coming in yet. And it's like, cool, cool. Glad, glad that um, they took that money and are just putting it in their pockets. So that's awesome. I sometimes think what it was, what it was like. And again, most of us on this podcast were barely even born yet. But like, look at the year 1980 or like the early 80s, like 1980 specifically. You had the Phillies winning the World Series, the Eagles in the Super Bowl, even though they didn't win, the Sixers in the NBA Finals, even though they didn't win. The Flyers were still good. They were coming off of like a back, like a couple years back, a back to back. Stanley yep. Cup run like yep. that must have been like my my dad had to have been drunk like the whole the, the entire year 
You know, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild to think. It's wild to think, and and it hasn't been like that since then. And we thought that 2020, to Bill's point, was going to be that was that was we were all pretty confident that it was going to be like a repeat situation of that where like and everything we had the Eagles, we had our, our franchise quarterback in Carson, like, like that that name has to be scrubbed from this podcast. We're no longer allowed to use it. Carson. I'm putting, I'm putting putting that, uh, I'm putting that in the suggestion box. Every time that that name is used, Matt has to go in and edit a bleep. Well, we got to be able to reference them. Can we say number 11? Oh, I drove past. Speaking of number eleven, I drove past the the link the other day, and he's still he's still up on the on the side of the link. Number I'm, eleven, still. I'm there. surprised they haven't taken that down yet. Oh, he's still up there. He's That'll like, be down soon. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the, it's probably the only reason it hasn't come down is probably weather. Yeah, or yeah. Because I mean, while while it was beautiful today, it was still windy as hell. Like I can't imagine the the outdoor guys being like fifteen mile an hour winds. Yeah, let's let's absolutely do that today. Nah, oh, if I was so a Charles crew, that motherfucker would be up there in that scissor lift. As soon as that that fucking Twitter thing dropped, he would have been up there with an exacto blade cutting his ass off the building. <laughs> no. Okay, Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, right off. Goodbye. Right in the dumpster. Be like, John, um, the intern fell out of the scissor lift. He's dead now. So. Carson's fault. Now what do we do? Can't say that word. I mean, if he didn't shit the bed, we Makes wouldn't have had to trade him. You know, he wouldn't want it out. So that, you know, we wouldn't be in this mess. So that he would have stayed up on the, on the wall, on the stadium. So that intern, intern Johnny would still be with us and have yeah. a bright future. It's just crazy that somebody who played that bad and like has not really been cemented in his like playing career would be that like audacious to like say, I'm no, I'm not competing first. You know, I'm, I'm either the starter or I'm out. I, I have a feeling that eventually the truth is going to come out and what really happened. And again, like I've said, neither one of them are going to come out looking. No, looking I'm sure good. most are petty. And, and I do agree with like, there's only one person that knows and it's Doug. <laughs> and I do agree with Mikey miss that no matter what happens, like the head coach and the GM are like the dad and the uncle and the players, like, you know, the kid, like, the kid's going to act up and be a fool, but it's your job to keep him in check. Yeah. And for us to not be able to like do that, it's just, it's telling. It's telling. Yep. You know, that it's just uh, like, we couldn't pick up on the dysfunction that it got to this level. Cause it's like, you know, as much as we hear Carson's kind of a whatever, and he is, I'm sure everybody says the same thing. Like he's not a bad guy. He's just like, he's probably bratty like most superstars are who get coddled and given the keys too early. But it's like, you know, he's not like a piece of shit. But apparently, I guess it's hard, though, because guys say he's not a piece of shit, but what kind of guy doesn't talk to their coach if that's really true for eight, nine, ten weeks? Like, you know, and yeah. refuses to go to Thursday meetings with the coach because, you know, it's so it's it's just hard to tell that, like, we don't know what's really real. And, you know, I guess it's, 
you know, we try to decipher, but it's it's just so crazy because like this I know never it's real. The legend of legend of Big Dick Nick Foles is, is real. Is real as real as it is. It's but a big again, fucking like, statue out front because of that when, guy. When when you ask how did it get, you know how how could they let it get this way? It's like oh, it's the same group that. You know that that thought JJ was going to be a great player. That thought Rager was going to be a great player. That just ignores their draft board. That apparently, yeah. But you know what? You see, we heard the same stuff about Nelson Aguilar, Derek Barnett, and and a handful of other guys that we've drafted, and we won a Super Bowl. So it's like let's not sit here two years in and be like, oh, these guys suck again. Like let's we we gave Nelson Aguilar three years. Like let's you know let's let's see what happens. And Why sit here and kill him? Yeah, year three is when he crushed it, Super Bowl year. Yeah, year yeah. two, he played better. And then and the, a year after Super Bowl, he was bad. And then he then he left, and then he was playing decent for another team. It's like, you know, I, I hate the Monday morning, morning quarterback everything, but, like, let, let's the jury's still out. Like, everyone was so yeah. high on Miles Sanders, and I was like, well, I'm not really in love with Miles Sanders. And they were like, what, are you crazy? Do you not watch the football game? And I'm like, yeah, but, again, to Bill's point – He's not always healthy. And then what? He's got flashes here and there. Let's get some consistency. Let's start at the quarterback position. Let's start at the quarterback position. Let's get consistency there. And then we can build upon other shit. Because if we don't have a quarterback, we are SOL. We are the Jets. We are, you know, the the Browns or, you know, I can't say the Browns very so much now, but, you know, they have their guy. The the problem, though, is it's like when – when when you have when you're evaluating two players and you pick player A over player B, when your scouts are saying pick this guy, pick this guy, pick this guy, and you don't, and you pick the other one because your Harry and the Hendersons looking owner wants you know thinks he's a fucking GM now. Um, you know what I heard today too. I didn't mean to stop you. I'll let you finish. But like. It, Underrated like that, 80s movie right there, Harry and the Hendersons, by the way. But I mean, tell really? me Corey's fucking head doesn't look like that Sasquatch. But anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant he looked like John. What's his I name? I thought yeah. John Lithgow. John <laughs> no, look at his head, dude. Oh, it's, I went right to John Lithgow. No, it's. I mean, I think it's really a mix of both. Yeah, it's a comedy. It's I the love child of. <laughs> um, but like that, like that's ultimately the problem. It, it, it's like. When your scouts are like, please, 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 please take Jefferson, and your owner and the five GMs that apparently we've got on staff are like, nope, Rager's the guy. Okay, I mean, isn't that isn't that pretty telling that like, if things like this come out that are true, which I don't know what to believe anymore, but like, doesn't that doesn't that make you kind of lay off Howie a little bit if he's being told from the from the top what to do? Well, I mean, I mean. I mean that that it's that to me is kind of interesting. I mean, if if your boss is telling you to do something, you're going to do it. I mean, if you want to keep your job, right? And he's been there for a really long time, so you know, oh, absolutely, it it's, it's absolutely that guy. It's it's definitely him and John combo. Lithgow. It's like Lithgow, but worse. You know, like a bad Lithgow, which which in terms you get the Sasquatch. So, but and I, listen, I, I think I think Justin Jefferson looks like a good player. I think DK Metcalf looks like a good player. But I got news for you: Russell Wilson ain't happy. When Russell Wilson goes somewhere, what are you going to have? You're going to have DK Metcalf. Great, that's it. Then you're going. Then you have Minnesota, and you, Kirk Cousins isn't going to be there for much longer. And you got the, who's throwing the ball to him? You know what I mean? It's like it's it works nicely when you can have 
a quarterback wide receiver combo that are going to stick around for a while. But when, when, when these guys start getting pissed off at each other and throwing hissy fits and one guy wants a contract, other guy wants to call, wants to make personnel moves. Like it all goes to shit. I'm sitting here watching the Super Bowl right now. Tom Brady, the goat, like people want to play for him. He went to the perfect position, the perfect place. Look at his wide receivers. Like he's got stud guys. Yeah. But like, you know, you got Antonio Brown to come play on a cheap deal. You know, I, I know he's got issues, you know, but you bring Gronk, you know, it, it just, you just make a team that, you know, and you have a great defense. And that's what you have to do. You have, you have to get guys that are going to, you know, make plays and whether they're going to be second round guys who haven't been playing like Chris, Chris got or uh, uh, Chris Godwin, like he, he's okay. He's not a superstar. He's better yeah, than anything like, we've got. I mean, come on. Like he's really good. He's really good. He, okay. But like, and Mike Pro, Evans, is he a pro bowler? Like Mike Evans, Evans. Mike, Mike Evans is a really good wide receiver, but he hasn't been great because who's been throwing on the football? Mike James Evans Winston. is the only receiver to have a thousand yards in like every season he's played in the NFL. He's Mike like, Evans, Mike Evans is now a, a Super Bowl champion. Uh, yeah, not taking that away from him, but again, like you know, Mike Evans could be, you know, a superstar even more of a superstar if he doesn't have guys like Jameis Winston thrown to him. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to sit here and shit on Rager. I'm not going to sit on J JJ hasn't didn't really play last year. He's got, he's got to fucking buck up, but you know, at the same token, like I want to give these guys, you know, a, another chance to with a different coach and a different quarterback and see what they got. Because at this point, what else are we going to do? We got we really have nothing. We're sitting here holding our, our yin yangs. Yeah. I mean, that's, but again, like the the one thing that like the the Jeffersons and the the DKs have is, you know, even if those quarterbacks leave, those franchises have a cornerstone wide receiver on both of those teams. That the that you if you have a you know if a marquee quarterback by some chance gets cut or whatever, you can then say, hey, if you come here, you're thrown to DK Metcalf, you're thrown to Justin Jefferson, or if you draft a quarterback with any of those teams that quarterback's progression as a rookie is infinitely easier because you're throwing to a, a Jefferson or a, or a, or a DK Metcalf. Like you look at our wide receivers and we've got hopefully the third, third times the charm on the resurrection of um, that bust from, from Stanford. Uh, you, you've got Fulgham who uh, disappeared the second half of the year. Cause some reports are, he didn't want to practice hard. You've got Rager who looked like a pouty bitch half of the time. And then you've got Hightower. Like that's, that's not a wide receiving core. That's going to score many points. I love to, I love to get into like a Super Bowl argument about this, but like what team that has won a Super Bowl had like stud wide receivers that come to mind. Right. Tampa Bay. Right. But like after that, like, I mean, okay, you can make the argument Patrick Mahomes has like studs, but not really. Not like Tampa Bay. If you if you were if you were to sit there and compare both of their wide receivers, you'd definitely say Tampa Bay's better. Yeah. And but- in the past fifteen years, what what other team has had a, a stud, an arguably an arguable an arguably stud? Argue? How would you, what would you say? Arg- arguably. Arguably a stud, thank you, wide receiver, a number one stud, 
or a group of stud wide receivers. And I don't know who has in the past 10, 15 years. I would I say mean, potentially maybe the Steelers. I mean, the, what, Heinz Ward and who, um, who's the guy caught in the end zone toe tap? Mike Wallace. Santana no, Holmes. No, Santana Santonio Holmes. Like, yeah, that was a good one, too. Um, maybe you, maybe Peyton with, with the uh, Giants, the Marvin Giants. Harrison and Reggie Wayne is probably the next one. Our wide receivers the year we won it were pretty damn good. I mean, they weren't legit want ones, but well, every pretty, one of them had a great year. Yeah, and, that, and you know, Ben I mean, Jordy Nelson and uh, what's his fate, Greg Jennings. Yeah. You know, so like uh, it, you don't always need like well, who do Eli Julio. Who do Eli have? Manny Ham. Uh, what's his face? The guy, David Tyree, like he didn't have studs. Oh, Plaxico. The, yeah. the Falcons, they almost won it. And like, they had studs. If their if their coach wasn't an idiot, they win that Super Bowl. And, they're, and they they're playing anybody it. else, but the, but the Patriots maybe. Yeah. But like you, I mean, the, the Ridley and, um, I mean, Ridley and, and, uh, what's his face? And Julio is a, is a damn good one too. Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I mean, when we sit here and we're talking about building a roster, I, I get talent, talent wins and, and and I get that, but you know, you look at how these teams are being built and like Brady doesn't go to a team like, uh, I'm going to throw a, name, a, a team out here. Yeah, like, I get it. He doesn't go to the Colts. He doesn't go to right. the, yeah, yeah. He, he, he went to a team where all pretty much the defense was there. All the pieces were there and he plugged in and was able to coach as well. And won a Super Bowl. Like well, the, you're going to see now with 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 the Chiefs, if they can maintain the the talent there, if they can replenish, they're going to lose guys. You know. But the but here's the thing about like our our guys, our our wide receiving core. Which one of them walks onto another team and starts? Like you you'd probably be looking at the bottom rosters, the Jaguars, the. The the you know those teams the 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 Raiders the Jaguars like the Jets when you're when you're talking about the dregs of the league and you're like oh well maybe one of our receivers could start for them like we don't need like all pros we've all and we've always been like that until but, the Super Bowl the year before the Super Bowl but and to your point though John like teams the teams that typically win a Super Bowl don't need elite guys. You just need guys that do their job and believe in the system that they're in, man. And like, if if you, if you look at every one of those teams that won a Super Bowl, and you look at our guys, I can't look at our wide receivers and be like, we have a, a, there's a a third day. We need it to win. But who's to say that like, who's to say that like last year, we could be looking at like a bunch of young talented wide receivers that could be coached into into i'm not saying elite products but like they were they were in a a a very broken system a toxic environment a broken system so who's gonna wanna who's gonna wanna you know risk injury every week and sacrifice their bodies for a team and a system and a coach that maybe they all knew was out the door and was going nowhere. Yeah, I mean, but and and that's the interesting thing that you know the 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 Eagles find themselves in now. It's like 
you've you've used high first round picks, you've used high second round picks, yeah. and you're not getting it right at that position. So it's like, do you now say, well, we've pissed away so many assets trying to get a wide receiver and we can't do it? There's a there's there's two really good wide receivers that we're going to be able to get one of them. We're not going to take either of them because you know we've 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 ignored so many other positions like at some point you need to get your quarterback a guy and we don't have like Jalen Hurts doesn't have like to John's point earlier in the podcast Jalen Hurts doesn't have a dude that he can count on yeah because Goddard yeah. can't stay healthy yeah. Rager is, is again a pouty bitch Fulgham disappeared in the second half of the season Hightower is up and down and um and you know and- and the the bust from Stanford is just a soft bitch who can't even play um, special teams. Like, don't don't uh, count out the great Howie Roseman going into free agency and picking up a guy and getting a guy. He didn't do it last year. Well, I mean, he didn't do it last year for for numerous reasons. I would so, like Holiday. I, I would like Kenny Galladay too. But like, I would love if he, if he would take like a one year prove it deal for like five million or something. Like, do we, do we have the cap up. space? Like, I saw we have twenty four point six million now, but, but we Bill, have, to, have to sign rookies, and I think rookies are like fifteen million or fourteen million. So we have basically like nine or ten million to spend. We need we need corners and and another linebacker like. We need corners and a linebacker so bad. Or, it, or yeah, I, mean, I think we're going to get receivers that are literally league minimum, like a million dollars. Guys that have potential. You know, I guess you know, there's a couple it, guys out there I saw. If but. we don't, if we don't get another corner and and the linebacker, it doesn't matter how good Jalen Hurts plays. We're not going to win more than five or six games. I'll tell you how. Really, really, whether it's through the draft, you, you know, I haven't seen anybody really. I haven't gone through their running backs yet. But I really want to get a thumper. Like I really want to hope we can address the running back situation too. Because going in with Miles, Corey Clement, and Boston Scott, like I saw we signed Boston Scott again. Like I don't mind him as a change of pace, but man, like I don't know. Yeah, can we can we get somebody over five foot eight? Yeah, like Chris, a guy, Chris Carson's I, available. Uh, nah, he'll he'll get paid. Like him, like he he's one of the top free agents behind Aaron Jones, and he and he'll get paid from somebody. Like they're not gonna. Like we got to get somebody. I, I'm trying to even think who. Like, you know, probably we'll probably draft somebody. But I guess we're not heard a couple times because of the injury history is a Marlon Mack, and I like him a lot. Getting somebody like him on a one year prove it deal. Um, Mack with um, Colton. um, Indy. Yeah, so Sirianni should know him. No, he knows him, and like he was going to get paid this off season, but then he tore his ACL, and this is like the third year in a row he's got hurt. So. You know, he's the kind of guy I feel like you take a flyer on, and if he stays healthy, you have a top 15 running back. And if he gets hurt, well, he didn't cost you anything. Like, those are the kind of things. If I'm, not, you can always bring Jordan Howard back again. <laughs> how he loves him. How, like, it's so funny how, like, oh, that's what I was going to bring up earlier. I think it was it was somebody, one of the sports guys, I think national guys, it might have been Andrew Brandt who called in to Mikey Miss today. He was talking about how, like, it's, it's it's a common thing in the in the uh, um, NFL for obviously scouts scouting department to work on you know the draft board for four or five months before the draft, and he said he can say that he he knows firsthand more times than people would ever imagine 
that the owner walks into the draft room like the day before the day of the draft with like their buddies like hanging out and showing and says, no, I like him more than him. I like him more than him. I like him more than him. Because he's alluding to that's what he thinks Laurie's become. That Laurie comes into the room and it's just like, nah, I like him better. Nah, he's the guy. And, you know, he, he you know, it was, it was funny saying that, you know, we seem to be bit by the owner thinks he knows more than the people he plays, pays the scout does. And it's like, I think the last two years are showing that. And maybe how he's not, maybe how he isn't the one that's t- t- taking the, br- the blunt of this. Maybe Ooh, Matt, are you recording this? Matt, are you recording this? I, I, it's still recording. Okay, good, good, good. Just want to make sure. We got an hour, that. an hour, and an hour and twelve in on March 9th, two thousand twenty-one. It's very possible that you know that that Howie, you know, says, "Hey, man, this is who I think we should take." And Jeff's, you know, in round two, maybe Howie was like, "We got to go chin," and Jeffrey's like, "Hurts is transcendent. That's my guy." And it's like, okay, Jeff, <laughs> you know, because it's he's the boss. I mean. And it just seems like everything you hear that, you know, he seems to be pretty hands-on, which is like, that's probably one of the most disappointing things as an Eagles fan to deal with. It's like you pay guys millions of dollars to study players. And then you walk in, you know, Oh, I like this guy. Oh, JJ Otego Whiteside. He can speak Spanish and was in Spain as a child. I like him, (laughs) you know, like, great. You know? So it's, you know, cause it's, Cause it's just bullshit. Cause I remember last year when we didn't take DK, they were like, well, you know, uh, you, you know, we didn't think he could run the whole route tree. And then all of a sudden it was when Jeffrey did the press conference with Doug firing, he was like, Oh, well DK wasn't even on our board. Well, which was it last year? You said he couldn't run the full route tree, but now he wasn't even on your, so it's just like, as a fan, it's just insulting sometimes to be like, you know, we're pretty plugged in as a fan base. Please don't bullshit us. And I feel like lately, he, they become like the don't worry, we know more than you. And it's like, yeah, we know you know more than us because you guys eat, sleep, and shit that, but we kind of do too. And when you put a four win team out there, it's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, but it's a new year. You never know. Maybe Sirianni has that juice. You, you hear he's kind of like a dog, but a little more fire, you know. Uh, I, you know, he's, I, I thought, I, I know it's the offseason. I'm a little surprised we haven't seen him a little more like, with interviews here and there, but I guess yeah. it's the reason. So, it, dude, it's super weird that he hasn't really said anything. You know what I mean? Isn't it kind of weird, like being a new coach after like a tumultuous exit of Doug, a Super Bowl change, like a lot of things. Like I don't even see him in like Philadelphia, like on the news, like oh, a new Eagles coach at the food bank in downtown. Like I, I feel like he would be being put in front of us more, and it's like. It worries me. It's like, oh god, this guy got bigger dipshit than Doug in front of the in front of the mic, because so far he hasn't looked so good. But you know, you know, I guess I'd rather have a good football coach and a good guy does press conferences. But hey, Bill Belichick's not that good in front of a mic. Well, no, no Belichick is just a dickhead. Like that, yeah, there's a difference. Uh, yeah, and and so, but I mean, now I mean the the, the D coordinator I was reading he, about this this kid could be a dickhead. I said kid, he's our coach, but I mean, he's only, I mean, shit, we're older than that, Matt. He's we're a kid. I mean, he's a kid. I mean, he could be a dick. He could be a dickhead. Who, who, uh, what do we know? He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't really, um, he hasn't really talked to us to, what, <laughs> to your point, you know? No, that's the thing. It's like for being a football city and it's plugged in and like, not even like tweeting like, Hey, 
watch film today of our receivers. Super excited to get to work. Like just stupid generic shit. Like give us know. the biggest generic sports sports phrase of it all. Let's go. Yeah, like you know, give it's, us a let's know. go. But I, I mean, people I, would be instantly fired up. I agree, and I guess it's just you know, I you know, I'm sure he's dealing with a lot moving, getting moving from Indy and whatnot, and you know, but I, I guess it's, I mean, what when it, I mean the the the, the combine got to be pretty soon, isn't it? The, they're not doing the combine. They're not doing the combine. It's well, all yeah, uh, it's all well, pro days. Like, oh, it's all pro days at the virtual pro days. Yeah, it's crazy. They'll do an All Star game, but they won't do a combine. Now I know it's a little less players probably for the All Star game, but but the NBA is also, you know, I know they're doing I mean. March Madness again. Yeah, that all all the tournaments are this week. All the uh, conference yep. tournaments. Big E starts tomorrow. Do we have to? Do we do a a forfeit bracket our next episode before the tournament starts? Absolutely. It'll be it'll be right before it starts. Yeah, we got to do it next episode. We got to go. We got to fill out a bracket. A lot of the pundits think this is Gonzaga's tournament to lose. That they're the clear cut best team in the country. They are saying. I heard today they are the Alabama of NCA NCAA March Madness. Yeah, the only the only the only reason you, they can't be more guaranteed is they don't play in a strong conference. But they right. win every game by like thirty five, and they play some good I mean, teams. The way I see it is teams coming in that hot. It, you know, the, the way I look at it is that that's the team that's due for a loss. Mm-hmm. And and what a what a worse time to be due for a loss than a, a, a win or go home tournament. Now, I mean, it's true. Any, I mean, you know, I mean, it, I, I totally agree The tournaments, you know, it's upset. there's always that there's always that deep seed that 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 has that dog in them. And we've seen it every year that knocks off the, the two seed, you know, or the, you know, or one of the clear cut favorites. I mean, it's, it happens every, it's why we keep coming back and watching every year. And that's why I love it. So I'm not saying I'm going against my, the Bulldogs. I got to go for all the Bulldog teams for obvious reasons. But I mean, I'd hate to be a team that's due for a loss come tournament time. You want to get that shit out of the way. That's always a factor, but I watched them play uh, maybe a month or so ago, and these guys got size, guard play. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to have an epic collapse to lose to any good team even. And though. they know how to get to the basket. I mean, get to the basket. Like, they're just big. They got every position covered. They're deep. They play like 9, 10 guys. Like, they're going to literally have to have an epic collapse and have a team play. And You never know. And a team play out of their mind against them, which happens every – I mean – you know, nobody uh, thought we were going to beat North Carolina. When I say we, I mean Villanova. Right. You know, everybody had Nova, you know, smoke of smoke in that team. And look what happened. So that's why you're right, Matt. If there ever was a, a, a sporting event built for upsets, it's arguably the NCAA tournament. <laughs> best. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's like, it's the best. Because it just takes that one game when you're – Top guys are just a little off, and those shots are rimming out, and they normally make them every time. And it's just one of those nights when you can't buy a bucket. And and it, it's that one, it's that one time that you know these some of these kids on these lower seeded teams, they know they're not making it to the NBA. This is their last, this is their swan song, and it's yeah. like they yeah. just give it everything. 
No, it's you're right. And it just, great. you know, I mean, it's crazy. Could be a close game. They hit that crazy three pointer at the buzzer down two. And it's like, oh my God, they just made that. It's just, that's why it's so much fun. I know? love it when, like, you're watching a game and all of a sudden they just, they, 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 they cut that game and go right to like and the a inbound play, like, inbound play, like that one by one. No, oh that's, my god! The first weekend of the NCAA tournament, it's it's madness. It'd be my the favorite tournament. sports time of the year. That first four day, especially that first two days, where it's just basketball, like for for fifteen hours straight, where you just like you just literally six to midnight watching basketball. Oh, so good. wings. So good. I when we took the, you used to take, take take those days off. Yeah, take those days off. We'd have NBA Jam t- t- tournaments going on <laughs> in the on the Sega. It was great, man. It's great times. It was, man, uh, the good old days when we could be in the same room together. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it seems like we're getting you know close to that. But you know what's crazy? The Phillies are in spring training, and we're not even giving them any any any, any mention. And they're actually playing games right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, really and, and like the, I'm excited to see the I'm, I'm excited to see the fightings. Are yeah, they going mean, to have fans opening day? Aren't they going to have twenty percent? Like they can have eight thousand fans or some shit. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That'll be that'll be cool. Yeah. And uh, Mickey Moniak has has gotten shot out of a cannon. Oh well, you know, a number one overall pick actually plays like a number one overall pick. Thank Christ. I mean, for a couple days at least. Like, I know. For touche. You know. Um, and and the wild thing is, like, the minute we get that um, nerd general manager out of here, we start getting um, guys that throw hard in our pitching staff. Like, like baseball I, players. Like, I sent that article about Bryce Harper just because I wanted to make a point. Like, I don't get analytics because it's fucking baseball. Like, I get it. You can't ignore some shit like that. Like, you can't be ignorant. But you can't have that be 100% of your philosophy. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's some shit that – and, like, that's why I like Bryce saying that. It's like, dude, enough of that analytic bullshit. Let's go back it to – it, it, it made for a good movie, though. Moneyball's entertaining. Um, the, no, well, it was. It was. Like, it has last year, last year, I think the, the Phillies last year had the second lowest average velocity of pitches thrown by their, their pitching staff last year. And now already they're they've got a shitload of guys that are throwing like mid mid to upper nineties with movement. It's just like, oh, we're we're allowed to sign those guys. <laughs> I I I really think the Phillies stay healthy and this and like like Matt, quote Matt Craig, if last year they were historically bad and we only missed the playoffs by two games. Yeah, if they're be yeah. like normal bad this year. We're a playoff team. We can make <laughs> yeah. a run. We can make Average a run. Bullpen. Yeah, like we're in. Like we make mean, a run. I mean, right now, Moniac's hitting again. It's you know he's he's played eight games, but I mean he's batting five fifty six. Um, the wife beater piece of shit is batting three thirty three. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that deal. Like that's I don't know. I guess it's one of those things they, where they I couldn't mean, get out of the contract. I and I get that totally. And I guess is was that his first offense? Like yeah. is so like as. Like, again, I'm not trying to get in this conversation. Like, it's never right to hit a woman no matter what they do. But I can say, knowing a little bit about that culture, that is not frowned down upon as much in some Latin communities, which I don't say is right or wrong. I'm not assuming. Like, it's just crazy how, like, if a person makes a mistake like that, it's just he's done. Like, it's like, well, you know, he should get another chance. I'm not whatever. I'm just, it's crazy, like. 
now it's like one mistake and your career is over. You know, well, you know, you, you brought up. Thing, it's interesting because look at what's going on at Creighton, right? That coach said what he said. Pretty fucked up. They suspended him for what, like a game, a game, and now he's back. And Creighton said that he's learned from his mistakes, and you know, like that's kind of like to your point, Bill. It's kind of like. We all thought, I mean, I saw that. I was like, man, this guy's fucking done. Like, whether he meant it or was really, truly, like, really just fucked up, like, good, was, is a good dude. Like, he could potentially just, he just potentially ruined his life. Now, luckily, he didn't. I mean, they, they reinstated him, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see who wants to be recruited there now. Who's, you know, I mean, if we'll see what the long term effects are of that, but like, that's, yeah, uh, that's Doug McDermott's dad. Is it Dougie McBuckets? Yeah, it, it's uh, you know, it's 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 um, it's crazy how one one slip up like that, and I get it. Like you know, it's we're, we're talking about it's not you know hitting hitting your old lady's not not a not a minor slip up, but but I get I get where you're coming at coming from, Bill, and it's not like we're condoning it or anything. It's just. It's wild. If the guy got suspended for 80 games, he lost a year's salary, basically. His career has been altered. It's like, like I, I, I get it if he's an habitual offender or this or that. And, and I don't know, maybe he's a piece of shit, so they don't even like him. So this was kind of like... This is the their game. way to, to squash well, him you out. Saw yeah. the, you saw the Harper comment. Like, Harper, Harper doesn't fucking like the guy. And that's what I mean. He might just be a piece of shit to where yeah. it's just like, all right, you're a total piece of shit. We don't want you here. And you beat your wife, go fuck yourself. Like, so that yeah. might be it. But it's just crazy that, like, and, and again, you know, he's, he, he was pretty solid until he started going down a little bit. And once he go and started going down, it's funny how we just stopped having his back with bullshit. Well, so the, the thing that I think the reason, the, the thing that probably saved him was the fact that his fiance or whatever, um, you press charges. I don't she think. dropped the charges. Like, yeah. so the team is at that point, the team would have to eat the contract and cut them. And I mean, we know how cheap the Phillies are. They're not going to do that. So, I know. no, you're right. And they, and they paid him the year, the summer before this happened. So they were like, fuck, it's like 20 some million dollars right now over three yeah. years. <laughs> and if they DFA them, no team's going to grab them. No, so like and, they would have to eat and, that money. You know, if, if, if if he's toxic in the locker room, he's not worth it there to be a backup player. I mean, and Christ, we cut Nick Williams, and I wish we had Nick Williams still. I mean, it's 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 one of those things to where, I guess it's just uh, it's just crazy that you know there's guys out there that have multiple multiple offenses, some similar to this, and it's like if you're good enough, if you're fast enough, still you get you know Antonio Brown. I mean, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he multiple, and he's it's got his full ring. It's fucked you know, up. He's walking around. Problem, yeah. And again, I don't want to make light of this. I shouldn't even talk about it, you know, but had one night where he had bad judgment, and maybe it's more night, and this is the only time he's gotten caught, so that's maybe a factor too. But it's like has one documented bad incident, and his career's over. It's over. Like, all right. You know why? Because he's not, an, because he's not Barry Bonds level. He right. was borderline starting caliber player. But that is not good enough to deal with bullshit. Nah, see you, dude. And it's yeah, like, it's, oh, fucked. Well, 
it's that's fucked up, how still apply. <laughs> it's all opt. It's all optics, right? It's it all is. it's all money and 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 optics, which are nine times out of ten just so like fucking skewed. Nah, not even funny. I wonder, like, if when they're walking by, like, if Bryce gives them like the shoulder to the chest, like, move it, pussy. When they're like the lunch line grabbing the Jello, Brett, like, <laughs> JT gives them like the the jello. There's one Jello left. He's like, you touch that, you know, it's gonna happen. Yep, they like, you know, they knock a tray out of his hand when he walks away from the counter. I'm like, oh, oops, sorry, sorry, doodle. I guess you got to get back in line, you Ch- bitch. Ch- <laughs> Classic doodle. Well, hey. Pretty solid episode back, fellas. Any final thoughts? I'd say we do the bracket next episode. Absolutely. Give, give, give Fighting Phils a little more love. Um, you know. And we have to get ready for Draft Fit, too. We do. Draft, fit, draft Fit's going to be a great episode. Draft Fit, three hour long, three to five hour long bang. Yeah. Sure. No, we're, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to every, well, we could talk about it in, in post production. Every week is draft, every uh, multiple episodes, not just one episode of draft fit. It's multiple. Draft well, if, if there's four of us. Every, part, we, part do part one, we do the first round. We do the first round of an eight part series. Matt's, fa- <laughs> Matt's favorite time of the year. Talking about the college football draft. Uh, Are we going to have to uh, record well, live he, draft two? Are we going to yes, absolutely so early? Everyone's going to be their own GM for, for an episode. Um, be great, great. And then when when we all get when we all get stabbed, we'll uh, we can we everybody can come over. We can drink some bourbon, smoke some cigars, eat some chicken wings. There we go. Now we're talking. Go to the wing kitchen. Get dude. We'll go wing kitchen. We'll get some fried cornbread, some fried donuts, and and all the wings we can eat. Yeah, buddy. This episode forfeit brought to you by Wing Kitchen. Wing Kitchen and, vir- and the vir- and, vir- and virtu- virtual health uh, network. What's that though? <laughs> Which is where we're going to end up. <laughs> oh man! Well, until then, everyone, be good, stay safe. Jesse, hit it. Go birds. <laughs> <laughs>